What's up, everybody? Welcome again to the Ableton Music Producer Podcast. This is Dan Giffen. I just want to let you know, every week I am going live on Zoom, and we've done a couple group sessions already. I would love to have you join these calls every week. You as a group vote on a Ableton Live topic, and we will go deep and dive into that Ableton topic. The last week we did Ableton Audio Effects, I shared a bunch of different tips and tricks using compressors and redux and the vocoder and uh, just giving you guys ideas and learning new skills to take your tracks to the next level. I'm also inviting special Ableton trainers and guests to join these weekly group sessions. Right now it's only $10 a month. I would love to meet you on the other side. This is the cheapest these group sessions will ever be. So now is the time to jump in early bird pricing. It's only 10 bucks a month. You probably spend way more on coffee or just even toilet paper. So we're doing this every single week in the Facebook group. You vote on a topic and either myself or another person that is knowledgeable on that topic. Every week we're gonna meet, we're gonna hang out, we can drink some mimosas and we can talk about Ableton Live and different production tips of the latest and greatest things that you guys vote on. So if you're interested, go to liveproducersonline.com, click that fat green join button and choose the connect membership. We've been having a great time in these group sessions. I would love to meet you and see you on the other side, help you answer your questions and we can all grow our brain cells together. It will be a great time. Today, we're gonna to talk with Deborah Fairchild. She's going to share some amazing insights with us about file management for artists uh, before and after you release your tracks, as far as preparing them for distribution and collaboration with other artists. She talks about a lot of different platforms that are gonna be really essential for you as an artist to make sure you have all your metadata and everything in line. So without wasting any more time, we're gonna jump straight into this episode and thanks for listening, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Ableton Music Producer Podcast. This is Dan Giffen, as always. Uh, Deborah Fairchild is hanging out with us today, which I'm excited about. She's the president of Viva Sound and the world's leading company in archiving and managing audio and video recordings. She advises many uh, major label executives, producers, engineers, and plays an active role in the development of Viva's internal technology systems, new product development. We're going to figure out what that means today. And uh, yeah, thanks, Deborah, for hanging out. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. So for those who have no idea what Viva Sound is, maybe just do a quick pitch and just tell us exactly what you do with the company. So We are a company that specializes in creating products and solutions for producers, engineers, and record labels to manage their content. So essentially, when you make music, there's all sorts of files that come into that. So you've got all your fade files, all your audio files, your multi-tracks, your stems. There's a lot of not only files that are created, but how they're created. So creating a secure way to share those files between, say, LA and Atlanta. You've got someone over here making beats and someone over there. You don't want those files to get out prior to being released. And then a lot of times you don't want them ever to be released. They're kind of the back-end content that you may do a remix on it and stuff like that. But picking and choosing what you release, how you release it, creating that music. And we've created systems to facilitate that. 
Yeah, I was doing my homework before we met this afternoon and was looking up metadata management and how I didn't realize how serious of a problem it is. Like it's it's a huge issue. There's yeah. a lot of artists out there that are just leaving money on the table or not being discovered in ways that they could be because right. of because of the things that you just mentioned. Right. So we're gonna talk a lot about that today. But first of all, let's get to know you a little bit better. Like you graduated uh, with a career path in recording industry production technology. Yeah, it was. I didn't know it was a major either. I went two years at the University of Arkansas and kind of did, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then my interest has always been music, but I'm not a singer and I didn't really, you know, play any instruments and that sort of thing. And so I found out about um, in Nashville, Music City, USA, they have programs at Belmont and Blackbird Academy and MTSU, all these different schools that they actually have full on classes that you take to teach you about, you know, if you wanted to run a publishing company or you wanted to become a music manager or booking agent or live sound, you know, just all of that um, yeah. knowledge that comes out of people that have, you know, been doing it for a long time. And then when I found out I could actually get a degree in that, my parents were thrilled and I was able to jump into something that really interests me outside of just, you know, normal college courses. Right. Yeah. I took a lot of classes. I didn't enjoy at all in college. And that's, that's eventually I was like, you know, I'm just going to do music instead and just pursue yeah. that pursue that yeah, route. Totally. Yeah. And I didn't even know, like when I went for the orientation, they got us in a room and they were like, okay, music biz or pro tech. And I, I didn't even know what pro tech meant. I was like, what does that stand for? Yeah. But the yeah. second I walked into the studio, they have a bunch of studios on campus and I knew sure. that that was our classroom. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that one. Yeah. Do that studio world out. That's awesome. So specifically, like what are some ways Viva and you are helping artists right now when it comes to file management or metadata management? And like, how has that evolved compared to where it was even say a decade or two decades ago? Well, I think it's one of those things we're starting our 17th year doing this and a lot of our clients that are record labels, we, we sit in between the business world of that and producers submitting their files into a label to get their back in payments. So there's a lot of, um, you know, just with technology changing in high resolution and like now Dolby Atmos is a big thing that people are re taking songs and remixing from the multi-tracks to create, you know, a surround sound mix that can be now heard and streamed in high res and stuff like that. So getting right. in all of that content in a way that labels can then repurpose that, remix it, utilize it in a way that it's not just, okay, we're going to release a vinyl like 20 years ago and we're going to put it out. Right. Um, all different ways, especially with the streaming consumption of music is so much easier. You know, you don't, you're not restricted by having to buy a, a CD and like, I used to go to a place called Hastings and like save my money and buy like two CDs and be like, yes, like yeah. now I have my new music for the month or whatever. Yeah. Now you can stream all kinds of stuff. So with that evolution of consuming music being so readily available, the ways you can, you know, put it out in a way, having all the files to put out a hit song and then maybe put the B side out and then maybe put the demo version out of that hit song. Right. Fans of music, like they just want to hear everything. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, and you even mentioned like remixing tracks, like that's a yeah. popular thing these days. And so being able to manage all the data for those tracks and the stems and getting the right stems and tracking yeah, how yeah. those stems are republished and all these things, it's like a big job. There's a lot going on. Totally. Um, yeah. And I, I even find like for myself before I really started diving into like organizing my own metadata and using platforms like sound exchange and PROs, mm-hmm. um, like ASCAP or BMI, a lot of listeners here, this might be completely brand new to them. Um, uh-huh. and they're just like, I just upload my song to DistroKid and I just assume I'm fine. And for the rest of my life, you know, right, right. So like how is metadata management or, or let me rephrase that. Like, why is metadata management so incredibly important for artists, even independent artists that maybe haven't been signed to a label yet, to like really control all of their information? Yeah, totally. I mean, my wife um, is a singer, and she does a lot of TV and film writing, and gets like cuts on um, TV shows and sync placements and things like that. Yeah. And so that whole world is huge in terms of making money and all of that. So with that as an independent artist, you're responsible for going to BMI or going to your PR and making sure that song is registered so that they can collect the performance royalties on your behalf and all of that sort of thing. So what we're with the product that we've just released a couple of weeks ago, Eva Collect, it's kind of like we've managed and helped facilitate a lot of this for our existing clients, but now we've created a platform that instead of using like a Dropbox and a Hightail, if you use Viva Collect, you, you have like the structure and the framework of all the fields that you would need and like right. the ways you would want to track your songwriting splits and track, keep, keep up with your lyrics and um, put in your publisher info. And we're right. going to add more prompts into the platform in terms of like um, letting them know like, hey, this, you haven't registered this song and kind of guiding people in terms of what yeah. exactly do you need to do and why you need to do it and stuff like that. And I mean, there's companies that track YouTube royalties and all kinds of stuff now. Yeah. So I feel like with technology, as long as you're keeping up with all of that, then as it continues to evolve, it's not like you've got to go back to like an email or a spreadsheet. Right. I know a lot of people keep yeah. spreadsheets and stuff like that. You have a place that all of your information is in one place and all yeah. of the audio and all of the pictures you've taken or the videos or the content that you've created can be stored here securely um, behind with two-factor authentication and all of that back-end IT security stuff that we have in place with our label clients put into this platform. So, you know, sending stems around that you may never release, you Mm -hmm. can not put it on like a Dropbox platform where that wasn't built for music. It wasn't built for high-res audio. It wasn't built to facilitate that sort of thing. It's kind of just been ad hoc to use by everyone because it's there. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of right brained artists in the music field, you know, they probably have some of this information in like a Google drive, you know, Google sheet that they deleted seven years ago or like, you know, there's like random information all over the place. But yeah, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Spotify and streaming platforms don't necessarily store metadata the same way that like ASCAP or BMI does. So if like, say a credit is sent to a database um, and one of those fields says Ableton engineer, but that database doesn't have that field, Mm -hmm. then that uh, platform or whoever could choose to either ignore it or change it altogether. Is that right? Well, typically it would probably get left out. You know, like I don't, there isn't, there could be some changing of fields, but um, there's an organization called DDEX. That's the digital data exchange messaging system that is 
widely used around the world for exchanging this sort of data. And so that's something else that the our VivaCollect platform that we've built, there, it's called the, the REN file. It's the recording yeah. information notification. And that XML is in a structure that as more companies import it, you don't have to worry about your credit either getting changed or missed or called something different because it has allowed value sets. Yeah. But one of my favorite companies that I always promote is called Jaxta. Have you heard of that company? I have not, no. So it's J-A-X-S-T-A. And so they're actually yeah. based out of Sydney and for a really long time at full comprehensive credits. Okay. So basically, the streaming services have left out a lot of like who mixed it, you know, where, like who's playing the bass, all of right. that kind of stuff. Like all of those people, especially programmers, there's so many hit songs that it's literally program tracks that one person did. And then the artist sings, you know, on top of it. So right. people like a whole track is two people. And so to not yeah. listen to a programmer who like created the entire music bed behind that vocal is crazy to me, you know, yeah. like not being able to know who did that. Cause that's the whole, you know, back end music side totally. where has all of it listed out. Uh-huh. Um, and so I always encourage people cause you can go there and claim your profile. Nice. And so like as a music creator, you could say, yeah, this is me. And it kind of, is becoming your verified credits because they have the recording academy data so you can get on there and you can see everybody who's won a grammy everyone who's been nominated for a grammy that's cool um, click on that person see everything else they've done so it's nice. kind of like, a, like your resume but not in a cheesy way because the website right. looks really cool and so okay. you're not having to self-promote because it's being you know displayed really sure. in a cool way that's interesting. I'll have yeah. to check that. And that's called Jaxta, right? J-A-X-S-T-A? Okay. Yeah. So that's, we're doing a lot of, um, from previously, part of what we do with the labels too is ensuring everybody's credited. Mm-hmm. And through the years, they would always, the feedback would always be like, why are you asking me for all these credits when we're not represented anywhere online? And I always hated that because it's like, I know, but one day, one day. So <laughs> now that this company has come along and they've been working about four years, five years on it, I think. The cool thing because it's like Viva Collect is where you want to collect all of this stuff and keep up with it. And now we, I do have a company that we can point towards to be like, look, this is where it can go. This is where yeah. people can discover you as a programmer, as a mix engineer. and That's awesome. Like that. yeah. yeah, yeah. And make sure you get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's how everybody gets work, you know? Yeah. Word of mouth, like how, you know. Totally. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, so let, if we could just kind of create like a checklist and break this down for the average, you know, bedroom producer, whoever, who's like, yeah, I've released like 50 songs in the last couple of years. Like what should they be organizing as far as like metadata? Like what things should they be storing or make sure that they have a record of? One of the main things I think people forget, which this sounds crazy, especially if it's down the road and they haven't released or whatever, is who they made it with. Like... Yeah. which guitar player friend or whoever who'd they hire like yeah all the people that play on it i feel like of course is super important but to keep up with as it's happening mm-hmm. that's our taglines always collect what you create because like as you're making it and i think with just it being made all over music's literally one one song can be made up from nine different people all right. over right. the world um so keeping up with that and keeping up with the sessions so what we've had we've built a free app that talks to the platform. So basically you code. So as you're making stuff, send it out to the people you're working with and the engineers can check in. 
um, whoever you're working with can just check in with the code and then they know how to spell their name. They know if they, you know, have an ISNI, which is the international standard naming identifier. So it's your, basically it's like your social security for the music industry. Okay. Um, so going to like, I would encourage everyone to get an ISNI and that's kind of that starting point of like, this is me. If this song gets picked up, if, if things happen with this in a mm-hmm. major way. Um, and where would somebody go to get that? Like if, if they so didn't know where to start. Go to isni.org and mm-hmm. then on there, there's, I think there's about 50 different companies. Like you mentioned sound exchange, they're an mm-hmm. ISNI registry. Okay. Um, so if you're a member of sound exchange, you can go there and request an ISNI. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And actually Jack's does. they're, they're an ISNI registry. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Good to know. Uh, is there any other records other than an ISNI that would be great for artists to keep track of? Um, well, I, Oh, and so that was the other thing. Also, a lot of people don't realize this, but you get paid different royalties from where you record. So like if you record vocals in Canada, they're going to do a different royalty payment out than if it's in the States versus if it's in Europe and all of that kind of yeah, stuff, yeah. knowing where you record and, and keeping up with that info. And then a big part of it now with the voice activated things. So like Alexa, play me this, you know, talking and wanting to have songs pop up. Now all the creative metadata is becoming important. So mm. the mood, the tempo, genre, keeping up with all of that kind of stuff and yeah. registering that, that way. So then if people do say that playlisting, on Spotify, so like the mood, like chill, like yeah. that, all of that um, is being tagged by the metadata. Yeah. So if you don't provide that, then I mean, there's no chance that your songs are going to get discovered or like out there or, or categorized. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm definitely helping some other artists named Philia right now because there's another one in the Philippines and that's my band's name. And oh, really? every, every time I tell Alexa to like play the new song because I want to reference it or listen to it. Like it's always playing the wrong person. So I'm sure I'm helping them out somehow with their stream. <laughs> oh <Yeah>. no. <laughs> I know it's crazy. It's like definitely with technology, the data surrounding the songs is what makes the difference. Yeah, totally. It's so weird. I feel super dorky that this is where I am now. But it's no, but I mean, you're helping people realize a very like important factor of creating music that a lot of artists don't even think about, you know, yeah. they're just, they're just these creative people who just are like, I just want to be in the studio all day and make music and do what I love. It's like, yeah. yeah, but you also have to like, you know, wear your analytical brain and actually like organize your life in all these different areas. Make sure you have these ducks in a row. Cause you could be losing money or you could be losing discoverability. And, you know, I, I read, um, as I was reading through a couple different blogs about metadata today and in the past, I read an article about an, an independent artist that got signed to a major label and they ended up losing out on about $40,000 over the course of seven years of, of making music. Yeah. Because they didn't have all their metadata or like there was an agreement that, was messed yeah. it up somehow. Yeah, it's crazy. That so. is so crazy. Yeah. That is really crazy. I know that's why it's fun being married to a creative person because I can ask her, I'll be like, so what did you do today? And she's like, <laughs> plays me a new song, you know? And I'm like, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. You guys probably compliment each other in different ways then, you know? like. Yeah, yeah. She uses our platform. Um, she loves great. it. Yeah. There you go. That's how she shares her files. With, she works with this programmer in Orlando a lot and they go back and forth in the platform so yeah you have another testimonial for your website exactly exactly (laughs) that's perfect 
So when it comes to collaborating with other artists, you talked about a little bit of, you know, if you record in Canada versus uh, the U.S., like there's different payouts, you know, what, what are some things that you see not enough artists doing when it comes to collaborating with other artists? Like what are, what is a fair split look like? You know, should they be paying that artist and then take the full cut themselves? Like, or that musician, that drummer they did a track with, like what, what's your recommendation? Cause I know that could be like a fuzzy gray area when it comes to doing a collab with your friends in the studio. Right. I know that's a tough one. I mean, that's all about, I mean, I've heard stories of like, you know, major artists fighting over songwriting percentages of like getting 51% versus, you know, whatever. I don't know. I mean, I feel like music is in such a state that the creativity and the fact that you can create so much and put out so much content. I think the more that people actually collaborate on the money side and like royalties and splits, it's like, it's only a win for everybody because I don't think you know, if I'm making music with someone and I'm, I don't want to screw over everyone that's helping me make it. Yeah. And then yeah. if that song does make it, everyone involved does well. Like, right. I don't know. That's the, the hippie in me. Yeah. And that's an awkward conversation to have in the studio. Cause I remember there was one time at a studio I used to work at here in Indy is there was that conversation between the producer and one of the musicians that he had come in, who was just a friend that was just recording on it. And the conversation came up like, so how are we like splitting like the performance royalties or whatever else, blah, blah, blah. Like they were asking these questions and then it just kind of got awkward. Like, and it kind of, it, like <laughs> it ruined like the creative vibe of the session. And I was like, you guys probably should just talk about this later. You're just making, a, you're making, you're making a great track, but it's like an uncomfortable thing sometimes for creatives to like have that conversation. Well, that's what I mean. That's the hard part. Like it probably got uncomfortable because the person's thinking, well, I'm contributing to this and like, mm-hmm you know, if you don't want to share in it, then yeah. 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 yeah but, it's tough, but you know, I've seen it go a lot of different ways. Like sometimes it's work for hire. Sometimes it's favors. I mean, I know people yeah. that have done a lot of stuff and never got paid for it. Like they were just helping people out. Yeah. yeah. I've seen people in the studio get paid in weed and they were just happy with that. So <laughs> it's I know, like, I've seen that weed. it happens. <laughs> uh, okay. So this might be a really simple question to address, but I know at some point somebody listening to this episode is probably going to be like, so, you know, why would I need something like Viva um, or Jaxta? You said, is that, that was what it was called? Yeah. Like, what would, why would they need that versus, you know, just using DistroKid or using CD Baby just to um, organize their information? Well, so CD Baby and DistroKid and Ditto and TuneCore and all that kind of stuff, they're, yeah. um, they're definitely a role in the chain of it, right? So it's right. like Viva is the back end. So like you only put stuff on DistroKid that you're releasing. Yeah. You know, like you're not going to upload all your multi-tracks and right. all of that kind of stuff and all your unreleased stuff. Like that's all the prepped to be released to the DSPs. Mm-hmm. And Viva is the whole back end portion of that. So like when you are creating music and that back and forth creative side of like sending, you know, a track to someone in LA and be like, here, I want you to, put some guitar on it or add to it. Like you're using Viva to do all of the facilitation of making the music yeah, and then making the decisions of what you are going to release, what you're not going to release going back and forth with like a producer on like the mix. Like you can go in and put comments, like turn down the vocal and the chorus and yeah. talking about all those yeah. creative decisions right. you do in Viva. Um, and then you would, could, the path would be, you could use DistroKid to, to upload all that information 
but then also getting that information into JAXTA is important because it's JAXTA is the discoverability of all credits and that whole linkage mm-hmm. where DistroKid is only sending it out to DSPs. Right. JAXTA is actually reconciling all the, the data and tagging right. everybody in. So yeah. JAXTA is kind of your, um, your bragging rights. Yeah. Yeah, you're like bragging. You're yeah. You know what I mean? Like you claim yeah. your profile, you, right. you can start to like um, get engaged with like, I think as an independent, you know, producer and stuff like that, it's kind of like with technology, you don't necessarily have to be making music that's popular, like in Nashville, for example. You can, um, in Jackson, they show all the like charts and trends and finding out sounds that are cool. And maybe you decide that you want to push something out in Sweden versus here because the beats you're making are popular in europe that's really cool you know yeah. what i mean so it's a great research it. tool yeah it's yeah, a great if you, get, res- if you get more involved with like what's working into um yeah and discovering people through jackson you may find pe- other people you want to work with because of something that they did yeah know? and is like i haven't actually been in there so i'm just curious is there a way you can like message people and contact say like another producer directly or yeah so they're building up there's the whole like jackson pro thing so you claim okay. your profile and then yeah that's that whole like connecting people cool is part of part of their mission yeah. which yeah. is awesome that is great yeah. that's awesome yeah i'll definitely need to check that out yeah i'll connect you with them if you ever wanted to have them on your podcast they have sure yeah that would be great actually yeah that would be really cool um so is there anything else that like you would want to share with somebody about Viva? Like I, I know you work with a lot of big names, major like executive producers and labels, you know, for an independent artist, you know, what does that look like using Viva for an independent artist versus like a label? Well, so the label sides, we're doing a lot of um, work on the back end to the files in terms of making sure we extract them out of DAW sessions. And we, we do a lot of engineering work for those files. Um, for the independent artists wanting to use Viva Collect, it's one of those things by, by the framework that we've created, we're hoping that it makes all of, because everyone I know in music, I mean, I view it that us all as we're all entrepreneurs. Like we are trying, we're building our business, we're doing our things, you know, and it's really yeah. cool, you know, like and creative and all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping that as people discover Viva Collect and start using it, they, they can see that it's something that's going to help manage their, business basically like if you're working in audio you know you need something that's a little more specific that can help keep up with everything because as you said everyone's just trying to be creative so yeah and like with the check-in codes and like doing all that stuff with the app it's kind of like you can make the music upload the files Mm -hmm. but then maybe just send the code out like deal with like the business side of it maybe after but like soon after because everybody can have a login like i can give you a login tag you in, like put your email, you log in, you see the project recording, kind of like the flow of it. Yeah. I hope, I mean, people like it so far, but it's like, it's really specific to music and hopefully it's not intrusive. It's something that's actually helpful Mm -hmm. and it's something that, um, you know, they can use to really manage their whole career in terms of everything they're making. Yeah. No, and I think all producers at some point need a secretary or somebody to help them (laughs) (laughs) manage their life. And this is like your musical secretary in the cloud, you know? Yeah, and as you, you know, you can always, I know a lot of people, I started in the business with tons of internships, you know? And so like you could tag an intern in and give them, there's different permissions and stuff. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. That's awesome. 
Um, well, is, is there anything else you wanted to share? I want to like respect your time and like, this has been oh, some no, really no. good just, knowledge for people. Yeah. Thank you for having us on. We're all engineers at Viva and we're pretty behind the scenes. So yeah, no, so. this is really cool. And you're in Nashville, you're down the street. So if you ever come to Indianapolis for whatever reason, hit me up, let me know. Yeah, I will for sure. Sounds good. I'll see you later. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And I just want to remind you that the Connect membership is a great way for you to connect with me. And we will meet once a week on Zoom and grow our brain cells together in all different areas of music production that you as a group vote on every week. You choose a topic. We're going to meet. We're going to dive deep into it. I'm going to invite other guests who maybe know more about the subject than I do. But it's a good way for all of us to grow our brain cells together. You can ask questions. I would love to meet you on the other side. Go to liveproducersonline.com. Click that fat green join button. It's only 10 bucks right now. And the price will go up. Hope to see you soon.